Danny J. And I'm Jill Coleman. Welcome to the Best Life Podcast. Here, we talk about everything from success, money, relationships, and entrepreneurship to productivity, honest communication, positive psychology, and how to cultivate an abundance mindset. Make money, travel the world, deepen your relationships, live full out. This is the best life. And boom, we are We're on here. air. I feel What's like going I, on? I need an on air sign. We're using a new software and it gives us a countdown. And I think I want to buy one of those little signs. This is on air. So wow, nobody, this is really, um, I don't want to say it's scary, but it's risky using a new software because of us. <laughs> it's true. It's Chance, we'll like close this thing. and will be like, whoops, we just lost those two episodes. <laughs> I know this is, we, this is my test. Podcast. Yeah. We won't record more than two just to make sure we did it right. It's showed that it was <laughs> uploading. It says it's recording. So fingers crossed this is working. God, I oh, know. Man. So speaking of, we were talking about this a little bit because we've been doing this podcast for almost five years now. And y'all, Okay, we, we just had a sponsor, Madel. Um, and by the way, congratulations to our winner. Um, I think her name is Amanda. Amanda, and she's in Canada, which is really fun. So, so congr- congratulations, Amanda. But we, you know, we don't have a lot of sponsors on the podcast. So Jill and I basically fund this out of our own pocket. So it's been this like, we are funding our hobby here, right? And I will say to y'all, um, if you go to madelboards.com, Use the best life at checkout, not because we get paid, because we don't get paid when you guys use that link. It's actually, we just, they already paid us for a couple episodes, but once that's done, it's done. We don't make any more money if you guys keep buying. But what it does is it shows that y'all are supporting. And if you listen to this podcast and we give this free content and Jill and I are paying for you to listen to this content, basically, it's helping support us, but it's also helping support them. They're a startup company. Um, so it's just kind of all around, like you get something cool, you get a cool paddleboard, you're supporting a startup company and they're supporting us in turn, letting us continue to record for you. So that's kind of how this works, but we really haven't monetized this. And I wanted to talk about should you monetize your passions or hobbies? Because so often we hear people say, just do what you love and the money will follow or find out what Mm -hmm. your passion is and then make that your job. And I have many times in my earlier lives decided to make money off of doing what I love and ended up hating the thing that I loved. I loved rock climbing. I thought it was the best. I want, it was like, I want to be a rock climbing instructor and I want to take people on trips. And I became a, a uh, guide in college and I stopped wanting to do that shit because it became work for me. It was not as fun anymore. I didn't like rock climbing because it suddenly was a job. And so I feel like we are often told this and I don't think it's always the case where we need to monetize every hobby, everything that we love. I think sometimes we should just do things for the sake of doing that, even if you could make money, but maybe sometimes you should. So I thought it would be a good mm-hmm. conversation. It is. You know, it's really interesting. They've actually shown in research that people end up loving the things that they're good at. They don't mm. start off like they're not like, oh, I think I, I really love, I don't know, soccer. They end up liking soccer because their parents put them in soccer when they were five and they just happen to be good at it. And so then you ask them when they're in high school and they're like, oh, I love soccer. But like they just happen to find the thing. So, you know, very few people actually like find their passion. It's more like their passion finds them, if that makes sense. So, mm. I mean, but I think we're at this age where, 
it's funny you say that because I feel like a lot of personal trainers, especially in group fitness instructors, get to this point because they love fitness or they start out loving sports and they were an athlete growing up or something like that, or they even had their own transformation and they love fitness so much and the way it makes them feel, whatever. And then all of a sudden they become a personal trainer, group fitness instructor. And then five years later, 10 years later, they look up and they like, they, first of all, maybe they don't even do their own workouts anymore because they're just like, I'm so burned out. The last thing I want to do is be at the gym. And they're just burned out from like the early mornings and the split shift and the late nights. And what started out being something that they absolutely loved, which was helping people. And of course, they still love that, but they don't love being at the gym because they're there literally 12 hours a day teaching a ton of classes. The last thing they want to do is stay after hours, do their own workout, whatever. I think in the first few years, you sort of get to that place. Same thing with competing. I don't know if you've ever felt this way too. I loved exercise so much. And the reason why I even got into doing figure competitions was because um, I had done triathlons and 5Ks and 10Ks and half marathons. And I had done a bunch of like races. And I was like, oh, let me try a different physical like challenge. And the first time I did the competition diet was definitely the hardest thing I've ever done. But I remember over the years that I competed for like about seven or eight years, like just forcing myself to exercise so much, like hour of cardio, hour and a half of cardio, two hours of cardio, sometimes three hours of cardio. I was like, what am I doing? I absolutely dread going to the gym. This is something that five years ago, I absolutely loved. I was I would teach a class and I would have like the greatest high and I'd feel so good and and now all of a sudden it is an absolute drain. I'm literally crying because I don't want to go to the gym. And so I think there is <laughs> there's a bell-shaped curve. I do think that there's a bell-shaped curve to where you have to look at it like, okay, is this something that I do want to monetize? And if I do, how can I still love it? but now that I'm immersed in it as well. And so, you know, I don't know. I think ever I think there are seasons and I think there are iterations. You know, I love business, but I kind of got bored a year ago, not because of anything except I had been doing the same thing for about a decade. And the reason why I started being on team and scaling the business is because I'm like, this is a new skill set for me. I think that we like to be challenged. I think as much as sometimes it's a struggle and, you know, things go sideways and we have anxiety and we, you know, we have like problems come up and those things we hate, they actually show that we're the quote happiest when we're on the climb, not when we get there. So I think there's something about starting out a new hobby or starting out a new, you know, adventure or starting out a new uh, business or whatever it is that we, that does keep us engaged, that once we get to the place where we're like, okay, yeah, now we're successful at it, oftentimes it loses its luster. Yeah, I was definitely one of those people that loved exercise. And then once I became my job, it started to become a drag where I could, I thought of so many people's workouts all day. By the time it got to me, I'm like, I don't even know what to do. I feel like I've worked out all day because I worked out with <laughs> <other> people. <laughs> Um, but I, I think part of it, too, is the pressure. So and I know yeah. you maybe hear or see this with artists, right? They have their art, they have their creativity, whether they're um, a visual artist, they draw, they do graphic design, or they sing, write songs. But as soon as they're paid for their work, suddenly it feels like pressure in the creativity. It's like creativity on demand. Yes. And so especially when you feel like you're creative and maybe you that's one of the reasons why you love it. You love the creativity, but when you are suddenly dependent on that and you are forced to do it because you have to pay the bills with it, it changes the dynamic of how you interact with that kind of work and what you do. And so it's just a really, really interesting thought because I don't always think you should monetize your passions, hobby. And one of the reasons I thought of this is because my boyfriend, he is 
he's a serial entrepreneur, but he wants to monetize fucking everything. He'll like, like he, we get our dog and he's like, we should breed her and we can make a lot of money. I'm like, <laughs> we don't have to make money off of every single fucking thing we do. And he will literally try to think of a way to make money off everything. And it like, I, it drives me crazy, but I'm like, dude, you don't have to make money off of that. Like he's like, Oh, we got coffee. We could make a coffee shop. No, you love coffee. Doesn't mean you have to make a coffee shop. You know, there's just literally, I think of anything you could like, he could, we could do a business out of this. I'm like, dude, slow your roll. You don't have to do a business out of everything because you just like the thing. Well, right? some people are entrepreneurs. Like like your boyfriend is a serial entrepreneur. Like that's yeah. his skill set. His skill set is starting and growing businesses, right? Like and networking and investing and all that kind of stuff. So I think you either come in one of two ways. Either you're really good at something and you sort of fall into business or you're just really good at business and you sort of pick the subject matter, right? You're like, yeah. I'm really good at the business skills it doesn't matter what it is. I mean, you guys are doing Make Me Yellow right now. I'm sure right. neither one of you are passionate about the fucking Simpsons. No. But you're like, well, it's a good way to generate revenue because it's a good business idea. But we're not like super passionate about Simpsons. Whereas I'm sure there's a business out there of people who like absolutely love the Simpsons. And that's where they started. And they're like, how can we take our love for the Simpsons and turn it into a business? You know, so I think you you come in of one or two ways. So if you are like your boyfriend and you have that that entrepreneurial mindset, yeah, you are going to look for ways because you you see entrepreneurship as the game. You know, yeah. it's like business is the game versus I'm just really good at fitness or in nutrition, and now I need to learn the business skills to go along with it. Yep. And then the question becomes the question becomes too. Should you, so let's say you have a job, maybe you're even a personal trainer, you do your life, but you, I don't know, you like photography as a hobby. And a couple of people are like, you're really good at this. You should start charging for it. Should you start mm. to put more energy and effort into becoming a photographer or just still be your personal trainer, still have your job, your regular job, and just have this side thing as a hobby? And maybe you do charge people here and there, but do you have to turn it into a business? Mm -hmm. And I think that's sometimes the question is one or two people might tell you you should. And actually turning something to a business is a completely different totally thing different. than taking your hobby and making a few bucks on it. And once you make that actual shift, you may change how you feel about doing it all. And sometimes it's the uh, romantic romanticization, is that a word? Romanticizing the idea of it, yeah. you know, like, oh, I could be a full-time photographer, I could travel. And then you're going, oh, I have to market myself and I have to edit other people's photos on their timeline. And it was fun when I was taking photos of my friends and I could just edit and they didn't care when they got them. But now I've got clients who are being picky and they want things a certain way and I have to give it to them within 48 hours. Suddenly you're going, why did I do this? And so I think it's just, <laughs> I think it's important to look at what you're doing and really ask yourself the end goal. Do I really want to turn this fun passion thing into a job, into something that makes me money? Or can I have it as like a little side gig or just keep it fun and keep it as a hobby and not worry about monetizing it? And if money comes here and there, cool. But if I'm going to shift into a business, am I ready for that? And, and am I okay with like thinking I might actually hate doing this at some point? Well, yeah. And also it, not to mention the time that then that would take away from your other stuff. Yeah. Right. So if I'm like, I'm doing, I'm trying to build my fitness and nutrition business and I happen to take photos on the side and my people, my friends are like, Oh my God, they're so good. You should have photography. And now all of a sudden I'm splitting my attention 
And now I have like, so neither one of them is really doing well, right? It's so funny. It reminded me of, so shout out Brandon Coleman, my brother. Um, he listened to some of these and I'll probably listen to this one. So his boyfriend, Spencer, love Spencer. He does photography. He's also a professional dancer and he's very talented. Um, and he does photography, but <laughs> we were laughing because a couple weeks ago we were in Austin and we we're all kind of talking and Spencer said, if I love the photos I take, I get them right back to the client. Like I go home and I like immediately upload them and like get them and I get them back. And if I don't like them, it's like weeks. Like I don't even want to look at them. Like so Brandon always says that Spencer only edits when he's inspired. <laughs> yeah. Like he has to be inspired to edit. Yeah. But you know, it also, it takes, a, it splits your time and attention. And it also, you know, you might have a hobby that you're not monetizing that actually gives you energy for your work. Like for me, I love snowboarding and we go like, you know, I don't know, five, 10 times every season. And I love those weekends because it's downtime, you know? So we recently did an episode on like taking downtime and we've talked a lot about productivity and things like that. And so like, to me, when I go on a uh, snowboarding trip, I come back to my work fully focused and way more like, you know, focused and ready to be productive in the business. So if I'm trying to monetize the hobby, I'm just draining myself everywhere and I'm not allowing for that hobby, which is just like fun and easy and low stakes to then give me the energy back. I need to actually make money in something else. But Jill, what if you could become a sponsored professional snowboarder? I mean, I, I could actually, I mean, pretty, so. I'm pretty much there. <laughs> I mean, but that's the point is that's where I think people go is they start, maybe they start being good at something and maybe you are like, I actually am really good at snowboarding. And if I put more effort, I could maybe get a sponsor for this and suddenly you're shifting everything and it's like do you want to be getting paid for that do you want to give up time for that and is it going to be worth it to you and what's the big picture and mm -hmm. are you willing to give up some of your joy for money because I think it eventually does come down to that little bit now on some on some ends it might just be feel good like we're getting paid for something we love to do so for example like the the sponsorship I love doing the podcast. Jill and I like connecting with each other here. We haven't made money on it for years. And so if we get a sponsor, we're like, cool, we're actually going to help, you know, pay for this thing. But at some point you're like, is this, am I getting paid? And I'm excited about it. But if I have to, like, if I have to record and I have to make money, that would probably really shift how I felt about recording and getting on mm -hmm. here. It would put a little, it'll put a different level of pressure on it. It would put a different um, spin on the whole thing if we we're like dependent and we have to be hustling. So I think you really have to look at that. And I just think it's kind of a trap to say, you know, do what you love and the money will follow or monetize mm -hmm. your passions or whatever you're good at. You should turn that into your job. I just don't always think that that is what you should be doing. Mm -hmm. I'm curious because I have some. Have you ever bought like domain names that you thought were going to be a thing? I mean, besides bikiniarmwrestling.com. Dude, <laughs> Did we I tell was, that story? I know. We have I don't not. think we've ever told that story. <laughs> Danny and I were at, God, where were we? We were at a polo match. It was a polo match sponsored by like a champagne brand. Yeah. So it was in 2017. It was right around the time we started the podcast actually. Yeah. And these guys were talking to us and they were, and Danny just like, before we were talking to anybody, we were like all decked out and obviously we were there to meet people. And Danny was like, Oh, well if someone, let's like make up a story of like who we are. Like, let's not say who we really are. I'm sure if you're listening to this and you guys ever dated, I'm sure you made up some shit, made up your name, made up whatever. So I was fucking dying. These three guys come up and start talking to us and they're like, oh, what do you do? And then Danny jumps in and goes, we own uh, bikiniarmwrestling.com. Do you know what that is? And they were like, no, is it like porn? And she goes, no, it's 
like just bikini arm wrestling. And when we were first getting started, you were like, we make a lot of money. But when we were first getting started, it had to be us. Now we have models that do it. Yeah. Now we have like models that do it. You know, we hire people to do it. But at first it was us because we didn't have the money. And like they, I mean, I'm sure they didn't like believe it. But then Danny went and bought the URL, which is fucking hilarious. (laughs) I went home. I was like, somebody has to own it. And they didn't. So I I own bikiniarmwrestling.com. I think it actually finally expired. I don't know. I'll have to check my GoDaddy account. But I I just got rid of a bunch. I I just let a bunch (laughs) expire because I'm I'm not going to fucking do anything with that. I probably was a serial URL collector. I had so many. I actually had this great idea and I still think it's a really cute name if anyone wants it. It was going to be called Lickety Fit. So like I thought really cute little fit like short workouts like 10 minute workouts would be like Lickety Split, Lickety Fit. I never did anything with that. Um, there's I can't even tell you how many domains I owned. I probably in the multiple dozens, but definitely I've started letting them expire. I'm like, why am I paying $20 a year for this thing? I'm never going to use, but yes, definitely have my domain. (laughs) I was, um, I got really into like, uh, healthy baking when I was competing. Mm. Did you do that too? No. You're like trying to make everything with like almond flour and fucking Splenda and Splenda. whatever. <laughs> yeah, Stevie. And so I bought leanbreads.com Ooh. and smartbreads.com because I was making these like scones. Actually, I will say my protein scone recipe ended up in Self Magazine nice. in like 2010. Uh, but yeah, I mean, but it was like a nice idea, but I didn't know the first fucking thing about a baking company, right? Like what did I think I was going to do with that? I mean, I think it's fun. Like the idea is fun. But to your point, when you look at the reality of starting a business, it's not just, oh, I get to just bake all day long, right? It like, okay, like if you're really going to make a conscious effort, which is actually interesting because I love that uh, Lisa Bilyeu tells that story of starting Quest. And she was like literally a stay-at-home wife. And she just started making healthy protein bars so for her husband to bring to work. And it did turn into obviously Quest Nutrition, which is huge. Yeah. Uh, but again, like you have to be ready for that. Like it's a wholly different skill set. It's not just like I get to bake and make money. It's like, no, you have to learn business skills. Yeah totally different it is totally different I see a lot of um a lot of people who have a lot of interests right uh I wouldn't call them serial entrepreneurs I would just call them multifaceted individuals who just love a lot of things you know and and very crafty people I always wished I was more crafty my mom was very she's like can sew and she can make arts and crafts and so I feel like a lot of people who are very crafty just start thinking well I can make t-shirts and I can make flower arrangements and I could sell soaps and I can do all this. But doing crafts for yourself doesn't mean everybody wants to buy your crafts. And, <laughs> you know, there's Etsy, there's Etsy shops. Yeah. And I think if you yeah. can like focus on one type of thing, you can make it work. But if you're just general crafty, nobody's really looking for a general arts and craft person. Well, you know, so, I was going to say, and also like Amazon's huge right now. So we have some yeah. friends that do Amazon stuff. But y'all, that's a whole different, there's literally courses out there teaching you how to be an Amazon vendor. It's not like, oh, I just have like some stuff. I'll just put it up on Amazon. It's like, this is a fucking business. You need to get reviews. You need to get to the top of the search. It's like a whole thing. So again, the idea of like, yes, I'm going to just sell my crafts on Amazon or sell them on Etsy or whatever. You still have to learn business skills, you know? And so like you have to make the leap to take that seriously too, if you want to make money. Yeah. And, and I think what happens is people end up disappointed. So maybe they have a couple cute things and they want to sell them and they post them on maybe Facebook and, you know, one person buys their thing and then it doesn't take, yeah. And then it doesn't take off. And that's part of it too, is you 
just because you make something cute that sells doesn't mean that that's a business like marketing and like there's fulfillment there's so many stages and if you're if it's an actual product not to mention like a service but there's a lot to building a business so just because you're really good at something doesn't mean it's going to sell just because you make a course doesn't mean it's going to sell just because you make a i don't know bars of soap doesn't mean they're going to sell and it doesn't mean don't do it like sure go to farmers markets on the weekends if you want to and sell a couple of your soaps here and there but ask yourself if that's what you really want to be doing and that's where you want to put your time and effort. Otherwise, just have a fun hobby and make it mm -hmm. so it's relaxing. Like one of the things I wish I could do more, my senior year of high school, um, I basically messed up and I t had to take one PE course for a semester. So I literally only went to school for because of this. So I ended up taking also pottery, like the wheel pottery. Mm -hmm. It was so fun and so relaxing and I love doing it. I wish I could just take classes here, but I would not like become a, potter and start selling clay pots you know it would be something for me personally that I just enjoy doing but I don't think there's a big maybe I'm wrong but I don't think there's a big market out there for me to become a, a potter and there could be some potters on here who are making six figures I don't know I just don't feel like that's a thing so just think about like your hobbies and things that you love doing you don't always have to monetize those even if you can and that's okay. I think sometimes it's better. If I actually had to make pots for a living, I might, I'll probably start, start hating making pots <laughs> because I have to get up and do pottery eight hours a day. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I'd be interested for those of you guys who are listening, how many of you have monetized your passion? I feel like, you know, even though I've taken a circuitous route, like I actually have, mm -hmm. you know, health and fitness, nutrition, but you know, how many of you guys have actually monetized your passion? Like how many of you have been like, yes, I loved this and I started with it. Or did you just go to school for a certain discipline because you knew you could make money doing that thing? You know, I talked to Shantae about her going into P PT school and she was just kind of like, it was just the next thing. Like it just seemed to make sense because I was a collegiate athlete and made decent money. And she was like, I wanted to be a, a doctor. And I forget the reason why she ended up not. Oh, I think she saw her friends like studying for the MCAT and like all these kind of things. And she was just like, yeah, I don't really want to do that. They had to do a bunch of, I don't know, whatever. So she was like, well, PT seems like the next logical thing. And she ended up practicing for nine years and she still obviously loves movement, but like that wasn't the end result for her, right? She found business and that's now more her passion. So some people start out somewhere else and end up coming to something that they love, or some people just go, we have a lot of friends that just go to work and they go to work to make money so that they can be off and they can spend time with their friends and family and do their hobbies on the weekends or do their hobbies at the evenings. So I don't think for everyone, you need to love work all the time. Some people do, but I don't think you have to always just love work. Other people are just really family oriented and they just go, you know what? I'm going to go to work to make the money so I can spend time with my friends, family, provide for my family. And I'll just check the box when I'm at work, you know? So again, it's a larger conversation of like, do you need to love your work every second. I mean, I love my work and I don't love it every second. You know, there's certainly times where I'm like, fuck this business, but 90% of the time I love it, but I don't know that's necessary for everyone either. So I agree with you that I love the idea of having it as a, like, you know, either a hobby or if you are going to monetize it, like a fun little friends and family. You know, we actually have a friend, Karis, who <laughs> does a lot of fucking hobbies. That chick is making knives, making candles, making sourdough bread, 
fucking knitting hats. Like, I mean, she's done all this shit and she, she's monetized here. There's personal training, but she has a full-time job. And then, so when she gets to do these fun things that she like teaches herself these skills, she's like, I'm, I just made all these candles. Who wants one? It's like six bucks each or whatever. Remember she like made those and then she was I, making like, I saw those candles on her Instagram the other day. Yeah. I was like, that's cute. But if she does, no one has to, more hobbies than her to quit her full-time job to be a, ta- a candle business. Right. It totally would be different. a whole different story. I mean, yep. that would be in completely different set of things skills that she would need shipping and all of that so like what she's doing is like yes do it that way <laughs> she did actually start like a separate account called wilder works remember she like started oh. that other account yeah yeah um and she was sort of making um let's see she was making looks like she's making kombucha i'm on here too um she said i take flowers and sentimental items and turn them into epoxy coasters it was oh. a coaster making and she was, she made like a couple bucks. I think she made like a couple thousand dollars off that. But yeah. again, not her full-time gig. Yeah. And that's I'm, fun. That keeps you engaged in like learning new skills. I like that. I'm curious if there is research and there might be, I, I haven't researched this before we got on, but the level of happiness that people, if they started something they love, like let's say you and me like loved fitness, got into that and made that their work or like an artist who made this their job and they got, they get paid or someone who just goes to work they don't hate it they do something they enjoy you know like maybe they're a school teacher or a um, firefighter or something like that they, they enjoy their work but then on their off time they get to do whatever they want like they don't have to think about work all the time kind of mm-hmm. like an entrepreneur does i'm curious yeah. if there's a difference in people's levels of happiness or overall enjoyment mm-hmm. and yeah, ultimately ultimately i would imagine it really comes down to personal like perception but I am curious as if there's anything about around that because I know like there is some research about arranged marriages that seem to work out better than people who fall in love so sometimes I think that what you think might be the one that makes you happier isn't so I'm, I'm curious I'll have to look yeah, that up maybe maybe for the next episode I'll that'd be fi- a good one I'll well I think this is in. a great conversation and I think it's definitely a nuanced conversation but to me I love having hobbies I, I didn't really have that many to be honest like 10 years ago and I feel like I've done a lot more I think Keith has been a good um influence on me in that regard to the point where like I do do a lot other stuff like snowboarding and skateboarding and um, you know, biking and I don't know, like playing games and just things like that, reading and I don't know, just reading novels, like stuff that's not business, you know? So I think there's, I think you also have hobbies. You just don't realize because you skateboard. I, I don't think I have any hobbies. <laughs> Podcast is your hobby. <laughs> I know. Podcast and my dog now. Throwing yeah, a see, frisbee. there you go. Yep, yeah. Having a dog is, a, is a, definitely a hobby. Oh my God. Or it's a full-time job. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> that you're just not getting paid for. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, monetize the dog there we go anyway she's spayed so we can't breed her so that's done so that's off the table (laughs) well would love to I would actually love if you do have hobbies that you kind of want to monetize or you're like post in the group I want to see if you guys are crafty if y'all have an Etsy store because I really think it's cool when people can make crafts I think it's like a very hard thing to make a full-time living out of I could be completely wrong but if you do I do go on Etsy actually more than more than I used to because I find these cool little things like artwork or like wrist bit. Uh, actually, my little, my iPhone, what's it called? My iWatch. I found these wristbands on Etsy. But if you make cool things, post in the group so we can yeah. see. Maybe we'll buy some of your little, your handmade, handmade artworks and trinkets and mm-hmm. candles and shit. 
Love it. So, <laughs> All right, y'all. Well, thank you for being here. Thank you for your time and attention as usual. Hit us up with any ideas, questions you guys might have at the Best Life Podcast on Insta. And we'll see you on the next episode. Bye, guys. See ya. Bye.